Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Tzav. Parshas Tzav, according to the Chinuch, contains 18 mitzvos, 9 positive, 9 restrictions. We continue with the details of the Korbanos. Before we move on, we must point out that this Shabbos has a special designation to it. It is Shabbos HaGadol. The Shabbos before Pesach has and enjoys that very special name. It comes ostensibly from the last Pasuk of the Haftorah. The last verse in the Navi, the prophet who was the last prophet. His name was Malachi. And his last verse is, could you imagine knowing you're the last prophet? And you're going to tell the people something to keep their spirits going literally till the end of day. And what is that? Says the Navi, God promises, strong word, that I'm going to send to you Elio Anovi when Elijah the prophet is going to come, literally to announce the coming of that great day, Hagodol Vahanorah the day of the coming of Moshiach. There are 13 principles of faith enumerated by the Rambam, and the 12th is I believe with perfect faith, that the Moshiach, Messiah, will come. Elio Anavi, we are told at the end of the Haftorah, will announce, herald, the coming of Moshiach. And our rabbis tell us, why is it called Shabbos HaGadol? Because of the great miracles which took place on this day. This is the day, the year that we left Egypt, we left Egypt on a Thursday. Thursday was the 15th of Nisan. The 10th of Nisan was on a Shabbos that year. And the Torah says that on the 10th of Nisan, we were to designate the Paschal Lamb. What does that mean? We took a lamb, we tied it to our bedposts. As a result, the lamb clearly made noise. The Egyptians would pass, hear the noise, and say, what are you doing with our God? Because they worshipped the lamb. And the Jews said, we are going to slaughter your lamb, your God, in a few days, on the afternoon of the 14th. And the Egyptians were powerless to retaliate. One miracle. Second of all, the rabbis tell us that Moshe came and warned Paro and the Egyptian people that the 10th plague would be coming, and the firstborn would be killed. The firstborn of Egypt saw that Moshe's track record was perfect, and therefore they got very nervous. They petitioned Paro to free the slaves, and Paro refused. And therefore, the rabbis tell us that on this day, there was a civil war, whereby, as we say in Psalm 136, known as Halil HaGadol, 
Hodel Hashem Kitov, which we will be saying, please God, this coming Monday night and Tuesday night after the Hallel HaMitzri, after we complete the Hallel as part of the Hallel section at the end of the Seder. So we say, Lemakim Mitzrayim Biv Choreyem. Literally, we are giving thanks to Hashem who smote Egypt through their firstborn. What does that mean, through the firstborn? Meaning, the firstborn said to Paro, free them. Paro said no, and there was a civil war amongst the Egyptians, and many, many were killed out by themselves. And so, this is the Shabbos, a, before Pesach, the Shabbos of preparation, as they prepared, we are preparing in every which way. Many have the practice of reading the Haggadah on this Shabbos afternoon. This Shabbos afternoon, the Rav in the community gives a special Jerusha, reminding the people about all the various obligations that we do before Pesach. Make sure that you sell your chametz. Make sure that you are going to get rid of your chametz. Um, the preparation of kashering for Pesach and the extensive change over from chametz to uh, Pesach. Um, all this is studied and very often the rabbi takes a topic which both halachically, philosophically, he elucidates. I'd like to share one of those topics with you briefly this morning, and that is as follows. The, there are two biblical mitzvos that we have that are unique to the night of the Pesach Seder. The first one is Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim, which according to the Chinuch is the 21st mitzvah of the Torah to tell over the story of the Exodus. And the second biblical mitzvah is to eat matzah. Now, the question is, when it comes to the eating of matzah, women are obligated to eat matzah. Why is that? Technically speaking, they should be exempt because it's a positive mitzvah which is governed by time. Be'erev tochlu matzos. You are to eat matzah on this night, the night of the Pesach Seder. So the Talmud tells us that this is based upon the juxtaposition of the verse that we're going to read on the last day of Pesach, coming from the book of Devarim, coming from Pashas Re'eh. This is in chapter 16, and it is Pasuk 3, where the Torah says you're not to eat chametz from the time of the Korban Pesach, which is why we stop eating chametz not at the evening on this coming Monday night. From the Torah, you can eat until mid-the-day. The rabbis moved it up two hours earlier in the New York area, approximately 10.22. So the Torah says, don't eat chametz, and Go on, says the Pasuk, you are to eat matzah, which leads the rabbis to conclude whoever is prohibited from eating chametz is obligated to eat matzah. And therefore, since women are obligated in the restriction, they can't eat chametz, they must eat matzah. So the mitzvah of eating matzah is clearly for men and women. The question is, what about the mitzvah of telling the story of Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim? So interestingly, the Chinuch, in Mitzvah 21, as we know, his style is, he concludes 
most every mitzvah by telling us that this mitzvah applies to men and or, or just men, just women, just to the Sanhedrin, etc. And he concludes and he says, V'noheges b'scharim uvenekevos. This mitzvah applies to male and female. B'chomakom b'chozman. All over, at every time, every generation, all Israel is obligated in this mitzvah of Sipor Yetzias Mitzrayim to tell the story. Now, interestingly, the Minchas Chinuch, the commentary on the Chinuch, challenges the Chinuch and says, Excuse me, I find this to be, he says, very, very strange. Why? Why should they be obligated? It should be a mitzvah say. Shazman Grama, a positive mitzvah which women are exempt. And the Rambam, in uh, when he tells us the list in chapter 12 of the laws of Akum, which positive mitzvahs women are obligated, so he lists Kiddush Ayom, which is the Kiddush every Friday night, eating matzah, eating the Korban Pesach, the mitzvah of Simcha, and the mitzvah of Hakel. And that's it. He doesn't list this mitzvah here of Sipur Itzias Mitzrayim. So there is an interesting machlokes between the Chinuch and the Minchas Chinuch. I'd like to perhaps just buttress and explain both sides. Perhaps you can explain the Chinuch, as to why women are obligated from the Torah. Number one, because of that very famous Now, the Gemara tells us in several places, but in Megillah Davdalid, that women are obligated in the reading of the Megillah, they're obligated in lighting their Hanukkah, and they're obligated in the four cups of wine, because they too were included in the miracle. And as Tosfos quotes the Rajbam, not simply included, but they were the ones, and I hope we'll have a chance to speak about this at the end for a few moments, they're the ones that actually help implement, you know, the miracle. Now, the question is, does this reason of because they were involved in the miracle, is this only enough to obligate them on a rabbinic level, or would it work on a uh, biblical level as well? So the first way we can explain according to the Chinuch is that they too were involved in this miracle, and therefore they too are obligated on a Torah level. Perhaps you can say differently. We're all familiar with the teaching in the Gemara Psachim, whereby we're taught that Rabbi Gamliel taught whoever did not say these three right uh, things, whoever did not explain these three things, Gemara Psachim, Kufte Zayin Amabez, Koshloam Ashloshad Varm Elbe Pesach, Loyotse de Chovaso, Pesach Matza Emoror. You have to explain these three. The Rambam learns that the explain, explanation of these three constitutes what? Haggadah. And so this is part of the Sipurit Siyas Mitzrayim. And I just bring this to everybody's attention that nobody should be walking out of the Seder 
during the explanation of Pesach Matzah Moror, not the men, not the women, etc. Now, the Ramban learns this teaching of Rabbi Gamliel differently. He says that if you don't explain the Pesach Matzah and Moror, you don't satisfy your obligation completely of the eating of these foods. So, in other words, if one just ate matzah without explaining matzah zoo and giving the explanation why we eat this matzah, that we were chased out of Egypt and we didn't have a chance for our uh, bread to rise, etc., then we did not satisfy our obligation of eating matzah in its entirety. So the matzah is not enough. If you eat it, you have to explain it. Therefore, women who are obligated in eating of matzah to everybody, very possibly, according to the Ramban, would be obligated in the explanation of the matzah, which is part and parcel of Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim, because it goes together with the eating thereof. Now, interestingly, the Tosvos in Sukkah, Taflamid Ches Amid Aleph says that even though the mitzvah of Hallel is one, that women are exempt all year long, if they'd like to, they can say it, Ashkenazic women with a bracha, Sephardi women without a bracha, but they're not obligated in Hallel. It's a positive mitzvah governed by time. Yet on the night of the Pesach Seder, says Tosvos, since they're obligated to drink the four cups, and the four cups are not just four random drinkings. You just can't begin your Seder by drinking one, two, three, four cups, and you satisfied your obligation. No, these are four cups, as the Talmud explains on the bottom of Kufte Zayin Amid Beis in Psachim, that these are four cups that accompany four mitzvos, the mitzvah of Kiddush, the mitzvah of completing the Haggadah, the Magid part, the mitzvah of Birkas HaMazon, and the mitzvah of Halel. Therefore, says Tosvos, once they are obligated in four cups, they're obligated in that which accompanies the four cups. Namely, Tosvos there speaks about Halel. And the Chaye um, Odom in Simon Kuflamid, Sivkot and Yud Beis applies this precisely to the Magid, that once they're obligated in the second cup, which accompanies the conclusion of the Haggadah, the Magid part, therefore they are obligated not just to drink the wine, but to recite the Haggadah as well. So there's no question about it, that women are obligated to recite the Haggadah. Can a woman fulfill the obligation of a man? If the man can't, can she be motzi him? That would be the practical difference between the Sefer HaChinuch, who says yes, and the Minchas Chinuch, who says not. I just would like to point out a very, very significant concept, that when Tosfos points out that when we're told that women are obligated in lighting their Hanukkah because women were included, says the Rashbam, doesn't mean included. It means that Yehudis, the daughter of Yochanan Kohen Gadol, was the one that actually started the rebellion. 
women are obligated to read the Megillah because Esther is the one who was the great implementer of clearly bringing about the salvation of the Jewish people. And finally, women are obligated to drink three cups, the four cups of wine, because of Bischus Noshim Tzidkonios, because of the righteous women in Egypt, we were privileged to be redeemed. What does that mean? It means that the righteous women in Egypt, Lo Nisyashum they did not ever give up hope. The men said, why bring children into this world? The men were too tired. The men, both physically and spiritually and mentally, and it was the women who, as we say in Shira Shirim, and as you prepare the different foods that go into the charoses, the different fruits, and we use apple because we're understanding the verse from Shira Shirim Tachasa Tapuach Orartich, I aroused you under the apple tree, with understanding Tapuach as modern day Hebrew referring to the apple. However, there are many that point out that in the days of Shlomo Amelech, there were no apple trees in Israel, but the apple referred to a citrus fruit, and therefore you should have some lemon or a tangy uh, taste to the, you know, charoses. But it's a reminder to us of the incredible emuna of the women, and very possibly emuna and aim, mother, that the faith that we received from our women in Mitzrayim is what kept us going then. And I just want to say that not only should they be acknowledged for their incredible work in preparation of this Yom Tov in a most physical sense, but having spoken a few years ago with Rabbi Fass, the head of Nefesh Benefesh, and I asked him, tell me, you interview so many couples who are, thank God, going on Aliyah. Would you say that it's approximately half and half in this particular family, it was the man, and another particular family, it was the women, but no necessarily one more than the other? And he thought, no. He thought that more often than not, it was the women. Beno Slavchad, our rabbis say, not just they had love for Eretz Yisrael, they represent the Jewish women. That Benos Yisrael, not just Benos Slavchad, had this incredible love for Eretz Yisrael. And so, as we go into this Yom Tov, we say a very special thank you to the Jewish women for not only doing so much to prepare our home physically, but indeed continuing to prepare our home spiritually, preparing us for the ultimate Geula Shlema. Wishing everybody a Shabbat Shalom and a very special Shabbos Hagodol.